Playing Guilty, episode 33. Today I'm joined by Steve Heitzman. He is a multi-unit franchise owner of Stretch Lab. Um, the cool thing is, Steve and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Both of us um, have our businesses here, and we've become we've become buddies. Um, we've sat down a few times to shoot the shit and just talk about business in general. And I think his uh, perspective is going to be super interesting. And the reason is, is he is a franchisee, and I was a franchisor. And there is a delicate balance uh, in that relationship that I think he'll bring um, a certain perspective to, and hopefully I'll be able to add some color to that. So I'm super excited to have Steve join me today. I hope you guys enjoy it. Steve, welcome, my friend. Thank you, Brandon. Excited to be here. Yeah, so we uh, we both live in beautiful uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and we are both in the franchise world. Uh, selfishly, like what I'm excited about is I am a franchisor, uh, you are a franchisee, so I think this back and forth and just knowing our previous chats in the city, I think this will be a beneficial dialogue for anyone who may be considering a franchise. Um, I think you'll be able to show a better understanding of the franchisee's perspective. And at times I might share some of the challenges the franchisor has to navigate. So I think that's going to be like the, the framework of what we're doing here. But to kind of get the listeners up to speed, could you share your story and, and your journey to uh, becoming a franchisee? Sure. Happy to. And thanks again for having me. So let's see, I'm, uh, I'm nearing 50. So I've got, you know, 25 plus years of kind of work experience under my belt. And, and from a franchisee perspective, I've, I've got five years under my belt. So I, you know, so backing up, coming out of school, I actually studied French and business back in school. And that got me that was kind of late 90s early 2000s and so i spent the next really 15 20 years of my career in in the corporate world um i was doing a lot of tech roles so back in 2000 very dot-com era so i was doing you know building websites and and doing technical type of computer stuff that continued to evolve and being in charlotte like you said you know, a natural evolution for a lot of folks is end up in the banking space, right? So I ended up within the banking industry and, you know, spent the, well, not, knock on wood, well, I'll say it was sort of my, my final stint within corporate America uh, at one of the banks here in town. And uh, it was great. I mean, I, I don't have anything bad to say. I, I, I draw upon that experience all the time in terms of what I learned, uh, some things that I want to recreate, other things that I don't want to recreate and or avoid in my organization. Yeah. So... Learned a lot through that. I, in terms of where I am now as a franchisee, so as I mentioned, I'm, I'm getting close to 50, and I was from a from a from a physical health and wellness exercise perspective, I was a big marathoner, triathlete, kind of long distance runner type for for a long time, and I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, it didn't have, I wasn't, it wasn't competing for any awards, but it was just something that kept me active and I was, I was decent at it and it was fun. And I had a good group of guys that we'd go out and we'd, you know, run multi-day races and do all this type of stuff. So I hit 40 and like out of the blue, my body just locked up on me and <laughs> didn't, 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 you know, no, no injury per se in terms of like I fell or something to that effect. It literally was, you know, putting on a sock one morning. Uh, actually, frankly, it was I was 
folding laundry with my wife on a couch bent over and I feel like my lower back go and I'm like, what's that? Right. And then that progressed over about a two week period, continued to get worse. I had literally just turned 40, probably two weeks prior to that end up in a chiropractor. He does this thing and he's like, look, you're just super tight and you've been doing the same thing over and over from a physical perspective for, for a long time and you haven't done any good maintenance. And yeah, he helped sort of adjust a little bit here and there as chiropractors uh, do, but he said, you need to stretch more. Yeah. So I, I geeked out that, that kind of led me down the path of really geeking out on stretching and what's the right way to stretch. Uh, do I, you know, at that point in time, it was okay with me figuring out how to do it on my own. I never had the perception or the thought of somebody else doing this for me. And I really geeked out on it. I was doing online stretching protocols through, you know, different, uh, websites that seem to be credible in, in my mind, sort of uneducated mind when it comes to stretching. And it helped me. It helped me a ton. And I was doing that for about two years. I was like, this is just a lifestyle. And it was working for me. Wake up one morning reading the front page of the Wall Street Journal, and there's an article on there about assisted stretching and this new modality. And this is early 2018. Okay. New modality that has popped up. At that point, it was, it was, as you would guess, LA, New York, and Chicago. And hey, there's this new boutique fitness thing in assisted stretching. You know, I, I think the crux of the article, there definitely was a, is this a fad? Is this a trend? Is this going to last? Would somebody pay for this? But at the same time, there were a lot of positive attributes that the article mentioned in terms of, you know, how people were benefiting from this. And it had been a part of professional athletes' careers for, for, for a long time. And now, you know, Will, will, will boutique fitness bring assisted stretching to the masses? So I read this article. I'm like, well, this is exactly what I need and what I want. Yeah. And then that my train of thought then transitioned to, well, hey, maybe here's a good business opportunity because the the article also did say, okay, from so you know you've got mom and pops in sort of the the big A market cities, as I mentioned, but Stretch Lab is uh, one that's franchising, and Stretch Zone actually was the other at yeah. that point in time. I remember that. So. Yeah. So I was like, so talking with my wife about it, I was like, check this out. Like, this is, this is what I get up every morning and do. Right. But I do it here in our, in our family room. Um, so I started to really research it, right. Checked out both the brands and uh, ultimately I, I landed on, on stretch lab for, for a few different reasons, but it um, to me, it was uh, kind of, that's, that's what got me to, Okay, do do I want to like I didn't know anything about franchising, I guess, is where, is where I'm going. So I yeah. was I wasn't looking to start a business. It was okay, here's a business opportunity. What the heck really is franchising? In my mind, it was fast food, right? I hadn't really paid much attention to what the franchising model the industry was. So I had to do a lot of research and understanding of what this is. Okay, what are FDDs? Who are franchise brokers? What's this franchise sales organization? All the different folks that you deal with and work with through at least the initial stages and then obviously as you as you sort of continued your journey down the franchising path but you know it was to me that was the only way that i was going to get this done we had the conversation could i do this on my could we do this on our own yeah we probably could we didn't have the background so you know i was a essentially a banker uh, my wife's a nutritionist uh, but she had you know she's been a stay-at-home mom for um you know should see 14 or so years prior to that yeah. um Smart people, could we do it? Maybe, but would we do it? No way in hell, right? We're not. We're, I, you know, I've got, I've got to put food on the table. 
three kids, all that type of stuff. So, you know, if, if this is going to happen, we've got to use the franchising model, which to me, you know, I think, I think it's great, right? It's, it's an opportunity for a lot of folks, myself being a good example to get into business ownership, you know, entrepreneurship, maybe one would call it, maybe not, you know, that's to be a separate debate, but getting the business ownership through a franchising model. And uh, so that's what got us there. And, yeah. you know, it was in the end, it, it was a gut check for sure. Like, do, can I do it? You know, stretch, you know, assisted stretching. Is it, it's unproven at that point. Sure. You know, in terms of this is, is this a thing? And so you think you got to take a little leap of faith in the end. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm excited. You said uh, like, cause one of the things we talked about wanting to do this together is to really talk about uh, the pros and cons and, yeah, sure. There's been some negative press on the cons of franchising, but there is there's a lot of very success. Uh, very there's a lot of success stories, and I, I know we're going right. to get into that. You know, the one thing I just wanted to quickly go back to: <clears throat> you evaluated the two big players, and I think you said 2018, and it was Stretch Zone and Stretch Lab, and you said there was a few things that eventually pulled you towards Stretch Lab. Now, was yeah. it uh, the product, or was it the support provided or was it a combination of both? Is there anything particular that made you go uh, with um, exponential fitness and stretch lab? Actually, wait, did you do stretch lab before Expo acquired yeah. them? Okay. Okay. Yeah, so what drew pretty, you to stretch? Well, yeah. Yeah. So and I'll answer your first question. It was exponential, at least maybe behind the scenes legally was a thing back in, in mid early, mid 2018. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that expo brand itself or label was out there. I mean, it was, when I was doing my research, I was, I was looking at club Pilates FDD. Now there was a stretch lab FDD obviously for them to franchise it. But in terms of me doing my research and it was, it was, it was presented to me as this is the club Pilates business model. Okay. You know, at this, and, and so at the same time there were, you know, quite a few of the other current expo brands were in a similar stage that that Stretch Lab was at that time too. So, um, so anyway, that that was kind of my. It, it was right as Expo was becoming a thing and starting to go out there and snatch up these different modalities in terms of Stretch Lab versus Stretch Zone. Yep. Pretty, you know, it, it, it wasn't that too much rocket science. Number one, it was speed to respond, and who did I actually speak to? in terms of my initial requests. And that was night and day in terms of somebody answering my, you know, I was doing a typical website form fill out, right? And, yep. but immediately, you know, folks within within the stretch lab system, I was on the phone with them. They were friendly. They, they seemed very competent. They, and they, and they gave me a lot of good information. I was having to uh, pull a lot and really not get much uh, on the other side of the, uh, the other folks that I was talking to. So that was a big thing for me. I was like, hey, if I'm going to get into this, I got to have somebody's got to be on point uh, that's that's ready to to support me. And I'm yeah. sure we'll talk a lot about the support today. So that was a big one. And then the brand. Yeah. And I just liked everything that that Stretch Lab. You know, as simple as the logo and the colors and how it presented itself. That just really resonated with me more so than the uh the stretch zone side of it it's so funny i 100 percent agree and i don't know if i told you this but i did the same thing as we were you know building our own model metabolic and mm -hmm. franchising <clears throat> i saw probably the same article you saw and i was like you know what this is something that could really take off and i thought me and my partner who you know kirk we were mm -hmm. thinking maybe we do this just as a financial 
investment. Um, so like not be the faces, be behind the scenes. So I went through the process with stretch zone and stretch lab and everything that you were saying is, is to a point is I quickly got to stretch lab. But the funny thing was I was then quickly told that Charlotte was already sold out and I'm guessing that was you. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) kind of funny, but, uh, yeah, I love the product have for a while. Um, so we talked about Exponential being the franchisor um, for yeah. you, the parent company, I guess we would call it. And in the franchisee-franchisor relationship, communication is obviously a huge thing. Um, I know it was big to get you to Stretch Lab. You just mentioned that, the fact that they actually communicated with you. Um, mm-hmm. But specific to Exponential today, how do you or the franchisees, like how do they maintain an open line of communication with Exponential and, you know, how does, how do, how does it, if it does, contribute to your success as a franchisee? Yeah, so the, I mean, Exponential, and, and this has been consistent since 2018 when I started and, and now early 2024, you know, they're very diligent in their communication meetings and rhythms and routines that they push out to franchisees. So now it has gotten maybe there have been new players that have come involved as the corporate teams have either grown or been created in our new roles. Yep. But they're very diligent in terms of communicating to to us as franchisees and to, frankly, everybody on my team across different roles. Uh, on a very consistent basis. Now, early on, when we started, you know, Exponential, the way that it's organized is it's parent company, now 11 brands underneath, all within a boutique fitness modality. Um, and, well, maybe Lindor is a little bit different, but, but the, the original 10, mm-hmm. sort of different boutique fitness modalities, each of those brands has its own corporate team. So I've always been, I, I really interact with the Stretch Lab corporate team, and they're dedicated 100% to to our brand and what we're doing and so early on you know i was one of that was you know probably the 10 to 15th franchisee within the system wow so it was very easy to communicate early on and you know you create relationships um good working relationships i had a lot of similarities with the ceo at that point in time i have a lot of similarities with the ceo today as well so that just fosters good collaboration good communication the ability to pick up the phone and talk now you know Early on, went out to California a couple times to their headquarters and go through different times of training. And so that all, to me, fostered a good, strong working relationship where we can communicate in more of a formal formal matter because it's a communication that goes out to, you know, every, you know, stretch lab owner every Sunday evening, for example, or it's a meeting routine every Wednesday afternoon. You know, those are there. But then I can also pick up the phone and uh, or you know or text somebody and say, "Hey, I want to chat about this." So, yeah, you know, the the all that that the the structure is there, and you know I appreciate it. It's what I was used to coming from my corporate life, and I think there's a lot of benefit to that. Uh, it's good ha- habits to get into. So to me, it, it kind of just it breeds it breeds confidence, right? In what I'm doing, making sure that I'm not getting off the rails. I then apply that into my team as well. And so while we have our own unique communication routines, they're not that different from what I'm getting 
from franchisor to franchisee at the expo to, to Steve level. So that, to me, yeah. And that's great. You led me into my next question, right? So you have this parent company with their systems, but now being, uh, I think you just told me you're about to open your sixth location yeah. or is, mm-hmm. six, is six open or? Is Not it, open yet. Not okay. open yet. So five open, six about yeah. to open. So obviously you think of this, this giant structure, you have this huge parent company that has their systems, but then you have all 11 brands that have their own corporate teams, but then you have your team. And so w- tell me about your team and, and your communication style. Like, how do you organize? Do you run a similar structure where every location has their GM and uh, like kind of, kind of get into your organizational yeah. structure and then your communication style? Yeah, sure. Happy to. So, and to me, this is kind of what's fun about all of this in terms of being a business owner is that, and and a small business owner, frankly, is that I can, and I make, I don't make decisions kind of on the fly, but we can be pretty nimble and I want it and I want to be pretty nimble. And one of the things that I'm a big believer in is, you know, getting the right butts, like the right people in the right seats, right? You got to have the the skills, you know, what, what skills do you bring to the table? And then is that a role that we need here? In a couple, in a couple times, I've created roles because I've tried to be a little bit sort of foretelling down the road as we're going to need this, and here's somebody that's going to be able to fit that perfectly. So let's start to position them to do that. But to answer your question, we have with with five, uh, and I've, I've I've made a couple of hires for our sixth studio already because we go into pre-sale. Uh, yes, we generally have a manager per studio. Okay, uh, and you know, given our model, which is one-to-one, the vast majority of, of our team are flexologists, right? Those are the folks that are, that are hands-on, one-on-one stretching with, stretching with folks. Um, but we've got a manager. We've got a couple of what we call sales associates, right? So it's folks that are working the front desk and helping to manage leads and manage the sales process and all of that good stuff that needs to happen on a day-in and day-out basis. But then the bulk of the folks are flexologists. Above sort of the infrastructure supporting the individual studios. Um, in one case, I have an area manager and, and she's overseeing a couple studios um, again, sort of kind of grooming her for, for uh, opportunity down the road and sort of multi-studio operations and responsibilities. And I have an individual on my team who oversees what I call quality and making sure that we're just giving an A plus stretch all the time and that, that stretching experience. Cause that's what people are coming to us for yep. is top notch. And I, and I, and I created that role probably a little over a year ago because as we got to three and four studios, I mean, it, it, at that point, you know, potentially have 35 to 40 flexologists and, yeah. and number one, I'm not, I'm not qualified. I don't stretch. And so other than being on the, on the receiving side and knowing what a good stretch is and everything that we want to happen during that experience, I needed somebody that could make sure that quality, we maintain quality and continue to improve on quality as we continue to grow. So I, ha- I have a, a, a lady on my team who's responsible. We call her area education managers, making sure, and she's also a trainer. So she trains folks, but then she's she's overseeing all the studios and making sure that our flexologists are doing continuing ed. She leads a lot of lunch and learns, spending time observing and continually coaching. So I've got that role. Over all of that, I have a director of sales and operations, uh, and that's exactly what it sounds like. He's he's kind of he is the COO running the show on a day in and day out basis. A lot of work. I've worked directly with him quite a bit. 
he 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 evolved into that role. Started as a general manager here in Charlotte and Dilworth, and has has kind of risen through the ranks uh, over the over the past few years. So nice. Let's see. Outside of that, I have one other role. I've got a hiring and marketing manager. Um, and again, as, as scale comes, we're constantly hiring. Then, then that forward, you know, I'm sure you know. Then that's going through, you know, so many resumes and trying to find right individuals. And that's more than a full time job. So sure. somebody responsible for that. Uh, and to my earlier comments around bringing skills, she's also she's just fantastic from a creative and um, sort of digital perspective in terms of nice. putting good putting good content out there. So we leverage her for that as well. I love this. I love this because this is running a business within a business, and that's exactly what multi-unit franchise ownership is. So it's cool to hear that. Um, and you know it's funny you say the term like flexologist. I could pull that out and say trainer on my side. You say manager, I might say GM. Or you say sales mm-hmm. associate, I might say front desk staff. Um, didn't have this in my line of questioning, but just out of curiosity – so your flexologists, um, yeah. they are there to deliver the goods, to, to deliver that experience. Um, when you think yes. of things like um, sourcing new leads or retention, the sales side of things, how much do you put on the sales associate or the manager of that place? Like who is the person that is to make your name loud in the market you are in and to drive people in your doors? Yeah. So to drive people in, that is, I mean, we do pretty standard paid digital type of to, to drive leads. And, okay. and I would say that gives us maybe 25% of the leads that we're working with, call it on, on a monthly basis that are getting into our sales funnel. Yep. So those leads are coming um, from the, the lady I mentioned on my team who's responsible, who does the creative. So she manages frankly, our, our Facebook, Instagram, a little bit of Google uh, advertising. So there's those. And, you know, there's varying quality uh, when it comes to that type of leads. Uh, but it's something, you know, that we've got to do. We, we got to continue to refresh the funnel with those. Outside of that, our, our general managers um, are responsible for managing our own social media. They're, each studio has its own social media account. Yep. And I do believe a lot of, if, if we do our job well, that is going to just create more impressions out there within the within the uh, the interweb, if you will, and and drive people towards to us, right? And that could be they then search Stretch Lab or assisted stretching through Google uh, and end up to our what we call our microsite page, which is kind of each each location within the StretchLab.com domain sure. has has a form. So. You know, I, I guess to answer your question, it's multiple folks have responsibility for it. When the lead comes in, ultimately it's the GM's responsibility to make, make sure we're working our leads. Now that there's tasks that are clearly delegated to uh, our sales associates, and but you know, kind of talking about the flexologist, you know, we can be we can be a smiling face and we can be quick to pick up the phone and call somebody when a new lead comes in, and we can do a great intake, which are which is all very important to get to get that at bat or we call a first visit in the studio, it's up to the flexologist. They've got to, they've got to give a kick-ass stretch. They have to really understand why, you know, why is Brandon here right today? Right. And where does Brandon want to go? And we, we might not get all the answers to those questions on the first visit, but we've got to do a pretty darn good job of uncovering as much as we can so that we can then communicate to you 
uh, here, you know, I'm, I'm Steve, the flexologist, right? I understand where you want to go. I understand what your goals are and you're going to feel good today, but you know, just like with any, you know, exercise, physical activity routine, it's going to take time. It's going to take consistency. So let me talk you through what that looks like. And when you come back next week, we're going to continue to work on this. And over time, you're going to get the flexibility and mobility that you want, and you're going to continue to be able to do the activities you, you want to get to. So I mean, without trying to sell you on stretch lab there, as it sounds like, as we do. A lot oh, of it's great. Play, I love it. it, it it's the, it's the flex, the flexologists have got to do it. They've got to yeah. do a really good job of, of delivering the experience. And yeah. So if we, if we can do it, if we can, if everybody, you know, does their role, plays their part, then, you know, we are pretty successful in, in keeping them. And, and that's why they want to be there in, in terms of, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty, we're super niche, right? And I don't shy away from that, right? We, we, we do three things. I say we stretch and we stretch and we stretch. And so unless we're doing a really good job there, the, uh, the other stuff's important, but that's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah, I wish you could see my smile on my face right now because all these things are the same things that we preach, right, with um, our role as a trainer. Like you got to you gotta deliver that experience on the, uh, on the training floor. I've always made the joke that we're all in hospitality, right, and there's, mm-hmm. there's no difference than if you were to compare a great experience. Um, and I've said this a lot of times on this podcast, so if people have heard it, again, you can plug your ears, but it's... It's like a great restaurant that you went to. You have <clears throat> the chefs in the back that are developing the food or the menu and the program, call it, the stretching. Um, you have a very nice face that welcomes you in the door and gets you to your table. And then you have that person that helps you navigate the menu and give you a great experience. And I don't think we're much different than that. Um, no. And I like I like breaking it down to something as simple as that. So it's just it's refreshing to hear what we are trying to do in a different model, um, it's the same goals, right? So it's just nice to hear it from a, from another source. Um, I want to jump to, well, and I'll tell you, yeah. Sorry, I mean, I'll tell you as a as a metabolic customer. I mean, you guys do a, a really good job of it too. I mean, oh. I, you know, the that's why that's what's kept me coming back is a really consistent experience, and I know it's up to me to show up three to four times a week and, and to get the work in. Sure, but I can re- I can rely on knowing um sure sometimes i might pick and choose what's 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 the uh what's the <laughs> interval this week you know today actually it's funny i noticed you guys now i can see what the day is on the app now and that's yeah new, right? we just um well you know you know some of the limitations with mind body at times mm-hmm. we figured out a much easier way to code the days um it took a couple hours of work to get per studio and that I'm not I'm not taking the ownership that we did it for the studio, but it took each studio some time to go through the year and actually lay out the schedule. So yeah, when you land on um, Monday, you know what type of workout to expect, which is the clients have very much appreciated it. It's one of those things that once you do, you're like, God damn, why did I wait so long to do that? <laughs> so, um, but you know. We're looking at the future now, so I'm I'm glad that uh, we've given you the ability to cherry pick your workouts now. <laughs> well, it's, it, before I was before I was going through and finding the 52 week schedule, and if at least I was going to take the time, it's like, wow, f it, I'm going to show up anyway. I need to sure. show up, and if it's if it's anaerobic, then so be it. But because um, that's where I'd like to cherry pick a little bit. But there you no, go. To, to what I was saying, the the consistent experience that that you all deliver in metabolic and that 
given I've I've only been to 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 two of your studios um, and both of them here in Charlotte. But um, I, I I appreciated that as a customer. So you guys, thank you, thank you. I'll definitely tell the team. Um, okay, well, I want to I want to not really shift, but go back to kind of dive into the support you're provided with. So, okay, you know, one of the things that um, you know, Exponential, the parent company, faced a lot of negative press um, earlier. No, not actually, I guess last year, um, yep. almost challenging their lack of support. And, you know, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because, you know, whether I compete with Expo or not, which I do, um, a lot of their brands I do, we don't, we don't compete, we collaborate, but some of their more strength-driven uh, concepts or groove-driven group-driven concepts, we definitely will compete with them. And I can tell you this, to get to a scale that is as big as Expo is, like I look up to what they've done. Um, and and there's no way to not get to a place like that without providing support, without providing guidance and training. So, um, you know, I think this is a, I, I don't, we're not here, I'm not here to set the record straight, but who better to talk about this than you? And I'd love to know, you know, things like learning management systems, um, continuing okay, education, yeah. conferences, like where are you provided support um, and how have they helped you navigate just the challenges of starting and continually running a franchise? Yeah, so you know, I kind of referenced it a little bit before, but there is there's a lot of diligence and discipline on the expo side around meeting rhythms again across all roles so be it be it owner calls be it calls with gms that are in a pre-sale studio gms that are in an open studio our flexologists and making sure that they're continuing to put new content out for them so you know i don't think anybody or at least well i don't speak for anybody else expo definitely provides a lot of support uh and again, this is they're they're running from a franchise or perspective. We're all running, we being all the various brands are running generally the same sales playbook, right? We've got a different product we're all delivering, but you know, they're they're replicating that across the all of the brands, right? And to your point, they wouldn't get to where they are without a lot of structure in place. So yeah. that structure is definitely there, uh, without a doubt. Now, do we at times, do I say, okay, we probably know what they're going to cover this week and or, you know, is there a lot of value for my team to be on that call? Maybe not. Sometimes sure. there is. If I look at it, like I look at a upcoming agenda, I'll be like, hey, here's a good marketing topic on here. Let's make sure at least somebody's on this call. We're taking notes and we're sharing it with our team. We'll definitely do that. Um, so there is definitely there is definitely a good amount of support there when it, to me when it comes to business operations um, on a, on a, throughout the various cycles or stages of, of opening and then having a running a mature business learning management system. We have, we, you know, I would call it a, an intra uh, intra web intra site. Um, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, there's a ton of content on there. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find it eventually. Sometimes it's a little frustrating because you think I should be able to search for this and it doesn't pop up and why is it under this topic or things like that. So, but they've got a lot of content that's out there. Um, yep. We've got an annual conference to me. That is number one. It's typically it's pretty fun, but I mean, they're, they're big networking events, right? And it's an yeah. opportunity to go out there for me and, you know, at least from a, from the corporate partner perspective, you know, 
that's the one time a year that I'm going to see them. So it's continuing to foster that relationship. But more importantly, from from my my, my position, right? I want to continue to collaborate and learn from the other owners who are in my, in my shoes because you know, and I found who those folks are. So that's an opportunity for us to get together, learn from the corporate from from our from Expo, right? We're on the receiving side of a lot of that messaging, but then we can take that and talk about it and say how are we going to uh, how are we going to apply it to to our respective businesses? Yeah, for sure. And you know what I love, uh, how you talked about how you guys decide whether to jump on, say, uh, monthly calls or weekly calls or whatever, or topic-driven calls that may speak to you mm-hmm. or not. Um, this is, is this your, did you say fourth year in the game? Uh, coming, coming on my fifth. Our coming on fifth. Will be open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, if we, the franchisor, does their job, um, you should be able to release that person to run their business after about a year in business. I mean, we place a huge emphasis on the pre-opening phase, which mm-hmm. I guess I would say signing the lease to that, um, to the launch, and then through that first year in business. And, you know, if we do our job and put a lot of support in those months, um, I feel like the franchisee should be successful and self-sufficient after 12 months in business. That doesn't say they don't have access to you, but they can choose to jump into these things. Um, We use a learning management system. Um, It's kind of funny, all the things that you, uh, you talked about, we hear the same things like, where do I find this? It's so comp. There's so much information here. How do I navigate that? So that gives me a Mm -hmm. little chuckle. Um, we use a pre-opening management system that helps streamline that, um, construction process and everything, uh, that goes and in, that's involved with signing your lease to opening. And, um, we still do those. I think they may be similar to what you were talking about, those calls. We definitely, I don't want to say require, but we strongly advise that year one franchisees uh, meet with our business development manager. And actually, I jump on all of these calls for all uh, year one franchisees to help them navigate that first year in business. So it's cool to hear you say that, like you feel now that there is value still in the relationship, but also too, they've got you to a place where you're kind of running your own business now. And I think that is the definition of being a successful franchise system. Would you agree? I would hundred percent agree. And and that's where I want to be. You know, yeah. you, you, you would get into this, you wouldn't get into small business ownership because you want to run, run your own shop, you know, sure. Yes. You get into it, you get into a franchise and at least from my perspective i recognize you know i'm just i'm, I'm executing against the playbook and that, that's where i've got to do really well but there's a lot of things that you have to do well to be able to get that done i don't have to yeah i'm sure i do marketing but i don't have to develop the new logos and or yeah know, do a lot of those types of things so yeah i mean that's where i want to be i want to be able to run run the business when i've got challenges right because there's always unique challenges that are, that are going to pop up here and there and you know i want to be able to raise my hand and say hey you know help me navigate this or this is something new but you know to me that's important the yeah. the, the, the other thing that um they they have provided but then it was more of like okay hey steve here's a contact um and, but it's a real important part of, of, of my business, at least I believe, is 
real estate in specific like locations or where and, and where do I put a stretch lab? Yep. Uh, and then navigating commercial real estate. I'd never signed a commercial lease before. Um, so what is that like? And so from an expo perspective, the, basically the first contact I was given was, okay, here's a real estate broker. She's local in Charlotte. Um, but she works with, at that point, she, she had a lot of experience with Club Pilates. Okay. But in, in, after one conversation, it was clear to me, she knew, she knew basically as much about Stretch Lab as I did back in, in mid-2018. And so I've been working with her ever since. And that's, in terms of like support, to me, that's really, that's really important because if I don't put a Stretch Lab in the right location, I mean, that's going to be a mistake that I'm going to be, you know, hating for 10 years in, in most cases. Oh yeah. Um, and it can make a huge difference on the success of my business early on in an ongoing business. So that, that's a relationship and support that, and that was more of a connection that they made. Right. But they do that for everybody. Now I would say that the experience that I've had there, again, it comes down to individuals, right. And who you're working with and, mm-hmm. and how, how well you mesh and everybody brings their unique skills to the table. She and I get along great and she does a bang up job. I've heard from others that, oh, you know, my person sucked and I had to go find somebody else or I went out of expo and I got a local broker because, you know, this or this or that person didn't know anything about the market. That has not been my experience. Um, and so to, you know, to back to answering your question, that there's been a lot of value in that relationship that I wouldn't have had. I wouldn't have found her if it wasn't for to the, uh, the franchise or side of it. Yeah, we, we do something very similar. We work with a company, um, Morrow Hill, that has been, they've been great for us. Uh, it's it's a newer relationship in the last year, but essentially exactly like you said, is they will place you with someone that knows that market well. We will do the psychographic heat maps, looking at where to actually start to look for real estate. We'll even create um, kind of limitations with where you can look. I mean, you're, you are there to support a franchisee, right? So if you suggest they go here and they push back very hard and say, well, I want to be in this neighborhood that I live in, even though it's not at, it's not profiling as well. Like, sure, we may support that with some <laughs> documents saying we're advising you not to go here. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but in the end, they're signing the lease, right? Right. Um, you know that, that it comes down to, yeah. I mean, there, there's a there's there's a distinct line, right, between franchisee and franchisor. Yes. Um, and, and who's on the hook for some of these things? So. Yeah. And that's one of the things I want to talk about collaboration, right? Because, I mean, you have a really unique perspective because I think at the start of this, you said you were one of the first what somewhere between 10 and 15 franchisees in the franchise in the stretch lab system yeah, it was early on mm-hmm. so how has well we know collaboration within a system is it's important right and even um whether it's running a single unit or a multi-unit portfolio like yourself um sometimes the thoughts on the local level can be at odds with running a scalable franchise, right? I think everybody knows yeah. mm-hmm. um, that you franchisees and franchisors can butt heads. It's natural, right? Um, yep. Cause you guys have a local market to, con- uh, local market to consider and, a, and uh, a franchisor has an entire brand's image to consider. So I think everyone understands that, but like balancing autonomy and adherence to like the model can sometimes be a challenge. So I kind of would like to push into this based on your experience. Um, If you're open to it. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the, I mentioned before, every, every brand within exponential has its own corporate team. Right. And, but then as a, as we look across all of the brands, stretch lab is unique in that we are, we are a one-on-one service. Essentially all of the other brands are it's group fitness. Yeah. Right? And it's a, it's a one to many model. And so that one-to-one, like a lot of the owners will get together and, you know, we like to be say, Oh, we're special. We're different. And, and, and we are right now. It doesn't mean that we, but to me, that comes down to in terms of if there's anywhere, any places that we've butt heads. Now, the Stretch Lab corporate team, they get it. They're fully in on our model, right? Mm-hmm. But some of the tools, I guess where I'm going is some of the tools that we use are meant, at least in, in, in my perspective, they, I think they work a heck of a lot better for that group fitness model, sure. right? And now, okay, so now I've got a one-on-one. I'm, I'm more of like a, you know, more like a hair salon. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've got, you know, coming in to get my haircut and you know, I've got to get an appointment with Finley today. Then, you know, that's, that's a one-to-one piece versus I've got, you know, 15, 20, 25 people coming in. So the tools at times have created a little bit of consternation and this doesn't work well for us or we've, um, the, I, I guess I think the, the where we can we can we bring another system in and again expo is a big machine right now especially oh, yeah. as, as a public publicly traded company right yep. they're not gonna they're not gonna give on a lot of these things that we might want uh and, and they've got their reasons uh to do so but they are open to listening um that doesn't mean there's always action behind it but but i do see you know at least least people will hear us whether or not they're going to do anything with it at times to me there's been nothing major outside of i've already hit sort of the technology our technology i don't love and uh i think we could i think at times it 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 basically distracts us from doing a better job on a day in and day out basis because we deal with technology stuff which should be behind the scenes and running seamless and a lot of that i think has to do with our model versus Versus a group fitness model. Um, in terms of the additional collaboration, that and this is pretty similar. I think are pretty um, consistent within franchise systems. I'd be interested if you guys do it at Metabolic, but we've got advisory councils. So there's a brand advisory council, which is essentially focused on marketing activities. So you'll have four or five franchisees that are voted onto that council that are that are meant to represent the ownership, the, the franchise owners as a whole and engage and speak with the corporate team on on brand slash marketing activities uh, then we've got a franchise advisory council which is really kind of the the overall objectives okay this is where the brand's going this is what we want to focus in on here's a new partnership that we want to explore how would this work within your individual systems um so we've got both of those advisory councils i've spent time on both of them um Sometimes it's there, there's good collaboration had at times, right? Other times it's, yep. you know, there's maybe there's not a ton to to be said or to be done. So you know, I think there's there's some pro, not pros and cons, right? Sometimes you can get a lot out of it. Sometimes it's just a way to make sure people are are staying connected. Do yeah. You, does Metabolic have councils like that? We're just not there yet. I mean, we're yeah. about to open our thirty second location um, next week. Um, not to date this podcast, but I think, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, It'll be in Westminster, um, just outside of Denver. 
Uh, so what I've been told is these types of councils are kind of more of like a hundred units open when you really have gotcha. to do this okay. sort of thing. Um, we, yeah. um, I've been advised with my partners when we have to start considering that, but um, we're, I just don't think we're there yet. I mean, how many stretch labs are there in, in um, develop or let, how many are open right now that you know of? 400 plus. Yeah. So like, many, yeah, we're just yeah, at a different place. And then I imagine yep. to expo having the 3000 brands or 3000 units open across the 11 brands. I mean, that's probably a necessity to have within a business of that scale. I know we'll get there one day. Yeah. We're just not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, but if you take that support and kind of community internally, you know, franchisees, you talked about the conference and it's, it's cool to hear you say that, like it's a networking event and, um, franchisees often appreciate a sense of community and, and sometimes it's weird. It's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, right? Um, I can see the other side of it and I wish our franchisees would collaborate a little bit more at times. I, I wish... Uh, they would support one another um, and share best practices more. But and I don't mean to be rude by this, but franchisees, they're, they're human, right? And and a lot of humans are, are selfish. Uh, naturally, yeah. we all are. Sorry I said it. So I, if, I think in our system, I'd say 50 are very collaborative or 50% are probably very collaborative and 50% are, are just focusing on their local market. And I'm, I, I get it. It's human nature. I've learned to accept accept it and tolerate it. Um, but specific to your, and maybe this is more internal, let's stay away from the system. I think you've, you've kind of, you've, you've shared how there is support there if you want it, right? Mm -hmm. What type of camaraderie and collaboration do you do in your, um, multi-unit portfolio away from the brand? away from the brain um, meaning outside of stretch lab so like in, so you have your annual expo conference but like what do you do yeah. for your charlotte and columbia south carolina team for, from a camaraderie and, and side of things yeah so for that i mean we we since we started we've and, and I've, i'm having to sort of evolve my thought process here because when we started you know, my wife and I, we were in the studio most days of the week. And and, I, and we said, okay, we want to, culture is really important. It, it still is important today as it was back then, right? But how we manage that and, and develop that culture and make sure that it takes hold, obviously has to change as, as, as scale um, gets, gets larger. But, you know, we, we have from sort of building the community and culture within you know, we are, uh, we've got staff meetings that are, I mean, they're meetings, but they're our opportunity to, for everybody to get together, at least on a monthly basis and to talk about what's happening in the business. And it's an opportunity also to learn. So we take that time to, to share something new that either we want to, we've identified we need to get better on based on some metrics we're looking at, or, Hey, here, here's something maybe that's quote unquote fun that we can, we can bring to the table. And it's, it's learning that learning opportunity for our flexologists. So staff meetings are a way that we build that collaboration across all of our studios. We'll typically get together kind of big hurrahs twice a year, nice. in the, sort of the summer and then the holiday timeline to yeah, just kind of throw down and, and have a good time together. Um, 
and and those are fun. I mean, they're they're those are purely sort of outside of work. Let's get together, and we yeah. typically dress up and have themes, and <laughs> probably not too dissimilar from what I see goes on in Metabolic. But you know, <laughs> that, that that for us is that's how we're building that sort of community from within. But I, I realize and I recognize, you know, our studios they each have their own unique identities and, and cultures within. And I think yeah. that's great. I mean, we're all built of, it's all individuals that are in there in various roles. And so I just want to foster that, right? And if people, I need them doing a great job and if they feel supported in that and they've got that sort of community from within, they're going to do, they're going to do a bang up job and they're going to, they're going to do very well in delivering the experience for our customers and you know, enjoy, enjoy coming to work. And that means they're, they're earning a good paycheck. So, For sure. you know, to me, it's sort of a it's snowball effect and, and you build up momentum, you know, outside of my team and the sort of the collaboration, you know, we, I'll say we collectively, a handful of owners that, you know, what I've identified is, hey, hey, you're, you've got same similar aspirations to me. And so I'm, I'm a part of kind of two, two smaller groups that's, you know, five to six different owners that we do a heck of a lot of collaboration, right? And Hey, we're dealing with this and we're sharing this. I was down in Florida with, with one of those groups last week um, just to get together for five hours in the afternoon and and talk about some stuff that, you know, across a array of different topics that we're dealing with. So to me that, I mean, that's, that's a great benefit of a franchise franchise system, right? You got to find those individuals, right? Cause we're not all created equal. Right. And yeah, within Stretch Lab, there's some, you know, there's a Facebook page that everybody gets on, and typically those are just bitch sessions, right? And there's a lot of <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of complaining on there, <laughs> and so I'll be like, you know what, this this is not my time is not well spent here, so yeah. I don't spend a lot of time there. Um, I think those are valuable for new franchisees in the system, yes, because it's a way to ask questions to, you know. If there's 400 stretch labs, 150 maybe or so different owners, right, to yep. get input on it. I think there's a lot of value in for those folks. Not as much for me. My value now is coming from sort of me handpicking, okay, here's an owner in Arizona. Here's an owner in Dallas. Here's an owner in uh, New Jersey that and did we you, have. And did you guys assemble this team, like, just on your own, like, outside of it? Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Totally, just totally us on our own. Yeah. Super cool. Raising hands and saying, hey, let's do this together. Awesome. Yep. Well, um, we sit in a super competitive market just in general, Charlotte, North Carolina. For people that don't know the city, it's arguably one of the strongest fitness markets in the United States. But um, so is uh, fitness in general, health and wellness, actually, I should say. The boutique mm-hmm. space has never been more competitive. Um, obviously, adaptability is, is vital in business. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see something as disruptive as the pandemic again. Um, at least I just, I can't see it hitting the United States. Even if something happened like that again, I don't see it unfolding the same way. Um, but just from a competitive side of things and being adaptable, um, how do you stay agile? How do you stay adaptable with and, and I'm trying to think specific to your industry. Like the one thing I'm noticing is assisted stretch is so hot that I think you're going to start seeing it in YMCA's, Lifetime's, mm-hmm. Equinox's. Yep. And I think that 
like anything that lands in a lifetime, a YMCA or an Equinox, and don't shoot me guys, but it is a watered down version of a boutique space that specializes in something. Um, Does it need to go any further than that? Or is that what you honestly believe that your entire product and space is designed for one thing, stretch, stretch, stretch? Yeah. I think right now that's, that's where I, that's my answer to that. That's where I want to focus in on because as I look at the opportunity in terms of who does this fit for, who does this fit? And yes, my sweet spot is say 40 to 65 years old, um, equal male, female, which I think I love from a business perspective. Um, I've got customers that are, you know, young athletes, you know, middle school, definitely a lot of high schoolers. And then we've had folks well into their nineties. Right. So, we, we, without being too cliche, right, we can serve a vast majority of the population. Yes, mm-hmm. there's a price point piece of this in terms of knowing who my who my clients are. So I've got to make sure I get the message in front of the right individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, to me, I want to focus in on on, on purely on, on stretching. I mean, we have compression in, in, in our studios as really just a as this value add and barely charge anything for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people find value in it, you know, if, you know, lifetime does have it. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't have as much experience with the Equinox, but yes, yeah, stretching is going to continue to proliferate, I think across the fitness industry. Um, and I welcome it because, you know, we still, I still got to explain, explain to folks kind of what this is sure. uh, and how is this different? Oh, it just sounds like yoga. Well, it's, you know, no, it's not yoga. Oh, it's just, this is massage. Well, no, it's not massage. So the more that, that the modality can get out there and, and a part of the, not, not the, the daily vernacular, but people understand what it is and then, then start to see value in it. Then that allows me to go out there and just compete. Right. Yeah. And boutique fitness wise, yeah, I'm I'm happy to put my experience up against any others. Right now, some people might like a lifetime where they can do everything and anything under the sun within there. That's fine. But there's yep. to me there's a there's 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 more than enough opportunity for my businesses to succeed and continue to grow uh, with with more people coming into the space. Yeah, and, I, and, and I, the folks that are specialized, I mean, head to head. I like what we're doing all day versus those yeah. that are that are very directly doing what Stretch Labs doing. And, and I'm that consumer. Like I like going to the place that specializes in that thing, and not just in health and wellness. It could be shit. It could be cocktails versus wine, or yeah, <laughs> you know I was what just I mean. That, right, like something that, that's a good bourbon bar, right? You appreciate that exactly. I, I like going to the place that is designed exactly for that experience. Um, being, being the, uh, the product for everyone's, uh, I don't know if that's a, if that's really a thing. So, yeah. all right. Last two things I want to kind of touch on is just where you plan to take this in the future. We'll leave that for the end. But I think the one thing we started, I started the podcast saying, I think this would be valuable for anybody considering a franchise, um, in the future or, mm-hmm. or maybe they're a single unit owner that now is thinking, I'd like to take this to two to five more studios. Is there any specific challenge, um, that you faced as a franchisee and how you overcame it? Was it 
Did you overcome it? Was there support from a franchise or to overcome it? But what was that one thing that was a very, very challenging point um, in this uh, journey of yours? Well, I mean, I could eat, the easy answer would be COVID and the pandemic. But yeah. I mean, I think everybody's hashed that out enough. You know, we got through that fine, and well, we got through it. Uh, I guess number one, it was it was painful. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I've kind of hit on a little bit. We, I mean, we're a one and one to one model, right? And so we are so people heavy, mm-hmm. and I mean, you kind of mentioned it a second ago, like people can be tough at times. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton, there's a lot of reward that comes from hiring good folks and helping them build a career and, or seeing them progress into their career. Maybe they just got out of school and they've got a two year stint with stretch lab and they want to go off to PT school or do something else. That's great. Um, but then, you know, I wouldn't say it's equal pains in the asses. Right. But you know, <laughs> we've, we've had it, we've had our share of, you know, frankly, you, you make a bad hire and even though it's one individual, it's such a distraction. And because we're one on one, there's so many more people that are needed to run our operations on a day in and out base, day in and day out basis. And that that's to me, the people aspect of this is is hard. Yeah. Um, and we, you know. I have to sort of preface it with that. We, we love the whole team that we've got that's out there and, and they are a ton of super smart folks that really, they've got a passion for helping people. And that's what I'm looking for when I'm hiring them. But when you got a bad, when you got a bad, bad egg, it, um, it just, it's, it's a major distraction. It takes your eye off the ball. And, you know, I wish I could figure this one out. I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe you guys have it figured out very no. metabolic, but it's, it's, it's one that we just have to keep working through and, you know, try to, um, yeah. I don't, I, no, I it's really one, want, of, um, you know what, it's, it's, it's why I ask it because, um, one of my, and I did a, uh, a series uh, coming into this one with, with people, um, three different people talking about, some of the truths of the fitness industry and, and, and one of the things that bothers me about our industry at times is people won't say hiring's tough. Yeah, it is. People are tough, like you said. And making a making a bad hire can fuck everything up. It just it is what it is. And and that's okay. Guess what? Hiring's tough, I'm guessing, in every industry. I've been in, in every fitness. Industry, right? yeah, yeah, so it's not a fitness thing. Hiring's tough. And it's okay to say that um out loud. So and you asked me, have we figured it out? Nope. We haven't either. So I'm right there with you. Uh, people are hard. Hiring's tough. And that's part of uh, business. So it's not a fitness thing. It's not a franchise thing. It's just a life thing. So I agree with you 100%. Um, the last thing I want to ask, and I'm going to reframe kind of the question, I've, I I want to talk about the future and mm-hmm. kind of the what I summarized you are at that place I would like to get all my franchisees to, right? You are now in your, coming up on your fifth year, you're a self-sufficient business within a business. So I'm less concerned with what Expo is looking to do in the future with their 11 brands, but what is uh, what is Steve and um, Team Stretch Lab Carolinas uh, looking to do um, in the next few years? Yeah, you know, I, I do. I want to continue to grow uh, our portfolio and, and portfolio in terms of our footprint. Yeah. I, I like I've, a lot of I've, I've had conversations. Hey, you want to bring another brand in? And I, 
like Stretch Lab. And I got into Stretch Lab for a specific reason. Yes, I was pas passionate about it, but outside of that initial passion, I have seen how it is such a complement to essentially any other boutique fitness modality or doesn't have to be boutique fitness. It can be just folks that are that want to stay out there and stay active. So I really like the, the, the niche that we're in. So I want to continue to grow that. And the interesting thing within the within a franchise system is that yeah they're they're they the franchisor selling licenses and i wouldn't say stretch lab is necessarily sold out mm -hmm. um but i mean i know exactly where it's been sold in the carolinas and we've got a good healthy footprint across uh, five or so owners within north and south carolina and i can creep that into virginia and around but my opportunity is going to, uh, I've got four more studios to open in terms of my agreement with Expo and okay. Stretch Lab. So I'll be, you know, I've got a path to, to 10. That's kind of new development path. But, but I would definitely like to have the opportunity to go out there and acquire because I think, you know, the folk, you, you can look across other franchise systems over time. That's what eventually happens because, yep. you know, People, people phase out for their own various reasons, and that becomes an opportunity for me. And so, awesome. you know, if I, to me, if I can find those opportunities, you know, and I know, and, and they're out there, it just, I've got it. I, the thing, I, my challenge is, and I've got the vision for it. Now I've got to position myself to be able to capitalize on it. Sure. You know, and that's both a true from a capital perspective, making sure, okay, can I do this? Right. But infrastructure, my, my the big thing that I am continuing to work on is, okay, how are we going to build our, like, have the infrastructure within our business, you know, Heisman Ventures to continue to grow, support on support daily operations, but position us for, for future growth down the road. And that, I was, I was on a call, it was a few years ago, and it was, it was with a restaurateur franchisee who he had, like his portfolio of hundreds of restaurants across the U.S. and the U.K. And, you know, I was I had two studios open at this time, and he was like, you're doing great, mate. He's like, four through ten is the most difficult. Uh -huh. like, if you can get through, if you can get through that, he's like, and he didn't, I wish I would have asked him, I know why now, but I wish I would have said, okay, well, how do I get through it? The easiest part, but I didn't have the foresight to ask him then. But you said that's the toughest part, sort of that growing. And I can see that now because you've got to create the infrastructure. You've got to have the the rigor. I've got to be able to pull myself out of the day to day. Yeah. Um, but I got but but I got to keep my finger on the pulse of it all. Right. And so it's this. But, you know, they're not it's not like I've got, you know, money coming out of my ears where I can just buy my way out of stuff. Right. There's, oh, there's yeah. this there's this this is this, this this balance of continue to grow, continue to invest, don't do it too quickly, seize the opportunities when they're there. So, I mean, that's the fun part of it, right? I mean, that's why you get in, you know, hopefully, I, you know, I'm grateful I've gotten to where I am now, right? I just got to keep, kind of keep busting my ass yeah. and working to, to, to take it to the next step. And what I've been told on uh, the franchisor side of things, same thing as, you know, when does this get easier? It's like, oh, once you get to 100, it all kind of smooths out. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> just 100. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a third of the way yeah. there, and uh, we should there be halfway go. there by the end of the year. But, um, well, listen, man, I, that was perfect. Um, I really appreciate your insight and honesty here, and um, I'll look forward to bumping into you uh, soon in our uh, beautiful city here.
looking forward to it, to seeing you. And thanks for having me, Brandon. Really, really enjoyed it. All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hit, rec- I'll stop the recording here and, uh, we'll see each other soon. Okay. Thanks. See ya.